justice, then you come to the right place. Okay. Um, actually, I forgot what the hell I was talking about this week again. Oh, no, no, I remember the name. I remember the name. What are you talking about? I know it. I know it. I got it. I got it. What are you talking about this week? Melissa Lucio. Melissa Lucio. My case is called the interrogation. The interrogation. That's the name. Listen. I don't know why it was so full to find a light piece. You know, just find something. That's why I do the clueless criminals. I don't know how to look for clueless criminals. Just look for stupid people on the internet. <laughs> Listen, yeah, we are included, but I'm just trying to say, you know, it, it's not hard to find people out there committing the craziest crimes. Just the other day, this guy walked in to rob a place. The guy who we went to rob the place had a gun. He turned right around and walked out laughing. <laughs> Like he walked in with a gun and his thing, he's like, ready. And as soon as he pulled, he's like, oh, nope, not today. And he went, look at that, <laughs> you know? But he wore no mask, you know? I don't know what his plan was. He walked in there brazen, maskless, not even a COVID mask. <laughs> he just walked in. <laughs> hey? Just like, meh, no, no, it's, it's I a don't know, people be ready to risk it all for the craziest thing. So tell me about this guy, who are you looking for? Okay, so um, by the East End in Toronto, um, a man is wanted. A woman, of course, the article doesn't have the name of the woman, called the police on April... 20th and said that on April 19th, just the day before, around Greenwood and Danfer Avenue, mm -hmm. a man named John or identified as John met with her. But I don't know, I don't know much of details. The point is that he left with her to her apartment, and when they got to her apartment, he pulled a pepper spray and told her he will spray her if she doesn't have sex with him and pay him. Yes. The fuck? Yeah, I heard I heard about this on the news. So it's but like, I thought um, I heard beer spray, not pepper spray. Oh. But I, I could have, look, I don't even know how beer sprays work, but it probably is like pepper spray because if they like run the beers. Yeah. Some kind of spray. Yeah. She said she complained and gave him $400, but despite of her complaint, um, he assaulted her and punched her, and now he's wanted. Okay, so I'm we're going to put a picture him. of the the asshole. He's described as white between his 40 and his 50s, 5 foot 6 and 5 foot 8. Okay, so he's between 5, 6 and 5, 8. Skinny with dark hair and a full beard. Okay, that could no, be anybody. For the bearded men there, don't shave your Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. <laughs> just, to, just so you can avoid yes. being caught up in this, don't do something don't, rash. Don't do this. Don't do anything crazy, okay? Yeah. Beards, I have said yes. this before, are male pom-pom shorts. They are. Like, women wear pom-pom shorts to entice mm -hmm, men with mm -hmm. their ass cheeks yeah. outside. No, but a well-cared beard. Like, I've yeah, seen well, those, like... Yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's the, true, that's true, that's true. A <laughs> A well-kept beard is a male pom-pom short. Yes. Okay, so please, don't do anything rash so you don't get caught up in this. Okay, yeah. just keep your beard and the truth will win out. You will not get caught yes, up. Don't just worry. But I'm sure this is not me. Not me. <laughs> yeah. check, check out the next beard. <laughs> not me. Don't know what's going on in the city. Like, just the other day, this woman pushed another woman off the platform at um, Blower Station. The woman was just there minding her own business. This woman comes out of nowhere and you would think... Like, I thought I would see the video, and it would be like, she just, like, slightly nudged her. She, like, full body checked her into the path of a train. The pandemic was supposed to bring people 
you know, like we're in this crisis together. The pandemic that didn't didn't see no race or okay. if anything, just separated us. Yeah, you know, we became these entitled motherfuckers. Yeah, but this didn't have any anything to do with the pandemic. I don't think. I think this woman was just a dick. Dicks be dicks. Yeah, but I mean, even if you're like anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, or it had something to do with the with the pandemic, you would really push a complete stranger, somebody who you don't even know at all. The woman never even said hi to you. Didn't like step on your toe. Then like block your way. Didn't do anything. But even if they block your way, that nothing justifies. Exactly. But I'm trying. Person... I'm trying to put myself in the mind of the person who did this, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe she felt like she was somehow wrong. There was nothing. What I'm trying to say, when you see the video, there's nothing. She straight up body checked her into the path of a trainer. If she wasn't spry enough, she'd be dead because she. Broke a rib when she got down oh, there, goodness. and she hurt some other stuff. She had a cut over her nose, yeah. and she was able to roll herself into that little, you know, the lip under, mm-hmm. and she was under there when the train came, Jesus. and that's how she avoided getting crushed by the train. I told my mother I'd have to die because you know how many rats that have down there. Oh like my the, god! Oh my god, Chanel! I'm sorry. This woman is a hero for herself because if somebody chucks me onto the train line, it's done. Because if a yeah, rat I touched said- me. <laughs> I don't want to make it. I don't want to. No, but I think I think your survival. <laughs> no, their survival just kicks Susanna, in. No, they're, imagine they're a rat roll so and crawl on your head. Ambition. Imagine it crawl on your head while you're in there. Imagine you're tucked in there fighting for your life, fighting for your life, and a rat comes and it's like sitting on your ears. <laughs> like, I'm gonna die. This is how I wake up. And the pee from the homeland. Yes. You've got the pee from the people who like to pee onto the tracks. <laughs> and you're telling you this to a person that's going to start going on the subway now. I'm just saying, stay away from the edge. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is other people's business. So for all the people who don't, that's a good segue into this. Susanna Jim. and I no longer work together. We're officially no we longer work co-workers. together. Look at us. No, we no longer work at that other job that we have that we're always talking shit about. We no longer work together. Susanna has moved on to better things. And we're very happy for you here at Criminally Clueless. I won't say anything else because we don't know if people will ever find this podcast. <laughs> but we're very happy for you. I'm very happy. Very happy for you. And so Susanna and I will no longer be seeing um, each other at work. I am, of course, using this to my advantage to get foot massages because I make her feel guilty. And I am guilty. I, I like. I feel. And guilty she feels well. guilty. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I take full advantage in case anybody wants to know. But yes, now that you're starting to use the sure. subway, stay away from the edge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I will not. I normally stay away from the edge. Mommy this is something too. you don't know. I don't though. No, Chanel. Uh, to see the train going like this, I like it. This oh gets me gets me dizzy. Really? Mm-hmm. This? Maybe, I'm doing it here. Maybe. Myself? And, uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just stay finish. I'm just saying, I just want you to know, if God forbid it ever happens that somebody no. pushed me onto the track Cancelado. and yeah. I died, it was not because you wanted of the to die. train. It it's was, I just, like, I couldn't, I couldn't make the decision to go <laughs> in the corner. Like, I just, You'd rather be crashed. I just don't know. I feel, I feel <laughs> that my luck, I feel that my luck will be like, okay, I decide to die by this instead of a die a rat biting me and i'll be like all cricket like i'm just thinking fucking rat i shouldn't let you you know you'd survive (laughs) (laughs) anyway 
on to other other people's business we just saw this horrible thing this woman who was the victim of an acid attack yes and she well, no, had, she's a survivor yes she's a survivor of an acid, acid attack. attack because she's out here living she's smiling she's dancing smiling, yeah. yeah and she's still very beautiful yeah and this poor lady though she had just had her baby and she decided she was gonna go out. You know, she hadn't been out since she had her baby. So she and her boyfriend go to the club. Unbeknownst yeah. to her, her boyfriend, ex girl working at the club. She have nothing to do with them and their bullshit. She even let them That's talk and whatever. And then and, and as just, they're leaving, the woman threw acid in her face. Like, what the fuck is that? Why would you do that? The other day I read, why do you pricks go after the woman? Nobody leaves if they don't want to go. You can put all the ass, you can put all the boobs, you can do all the moves. The man or the woman will leave the relationship only if they want to leave the relationship. Yeah, there's no reason to go behind the girl. Like, if, Don't. If your boyfriend or girlfriend has left uh-huh. you, that's between you and your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Leave the other person out mm-hmm. of it. I don't care if she went and rest her breast on his face and mm-hmm. suffocated him till he said, Yes, I will leave her. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's between you and the person you're with, not between the one who suffocated him with breasts. It's just that simple. She's not a part of your relationship. So even if she seduced him or you feel like, Oh, she stole my man. She didn't steal shit. No. He gone. Get over yourself. Get over him. Move on. Heal. Meet somebody new. Live your best life. Fuck. Well, the more you can do is like macho her life. Yes, that is fun. I will add But it's it. just, just to be like... Yeah, lazy. just be, be, be careful with the macho in when you're like 53 weeks deep. Don't go liking anything. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I am a professional. But you're like, yeah, we all done it. We've but all done to it. go to We've the extent of ru- not ruining, no, this woman tried to ruin her. No, exactly. But I'm, I don't. I want to use positive language yes, around it. Yes, because she has turned it into a yeah. positive thing. Yes. But however, but, but her relationship with the guy did not work. In the end, she and the guy broke up. But I don't think up. she will ever like. If it was me, I won't ever forgive him. You yeah, know? yeah. Like mm-hmm. even though, even though he didn't do anything, because in all fairness, he didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I would always associate him with her and that mm-hmm. shit. And you know what's even more upsetting? This woman have a child with the man. You know, mm-hmm. like so she is also a mother. She knows that this girl is a brand new mother. Mm-hmm. You really fucking do. Like when I say brand new, the child is like baby, baby. Yeah, like, four can't months. talk. Yeah. Like what the fuck is wrong with mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. So now she has to spend instead of using that time when she just. Had her baby to Surgeries. get close with her baby mm-hmm. she having sur- reconstructive fucking surgery mm-hmm. anyway what do you have for me today Suzanne okay I heard of this case it's very popular in the news it's about Melissa Lucio I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name properly she'll be the first Hispanic American woman to be on death row in the states specifically Texas mm-hmm. in the end I'm gonna give you guys the latest update I have to say I have mixed feelings about it. So instead of me sharing the opinion, I'm going to share just the facts. So Melissa was born in Texas. She lived with her mother and her father shortly after she was born or like when she was very young. Her father died. Her mother and her moved to another place where the mother found a new boyfriend and starts living with this boyfriend. When Melissa is six years old, the boyfriend decides that it's time to start sexually abusing the kid. She started being abused from six to eight years old by the same man. There's not much detail about this. 
this encounter why not i haven't watched the documentary but i will watch it regardless because i feel very strong about this melissa got married at the age of 16 and she had five kids oh. of course the most fertile people are the drinkers, drug addicts, and the people that does not have the money to have kids. Why, God, why, why? I spoke with somebody who does um, economics, mm -hmm. and he said to me that poor people or poorer people see children as a resource because they're an additional worker to bring income into the home. And not to Whereas, get yes. retirement. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they see them more as a resource than people who, who have money who see them as a liability. And he yeah. said, if yeah. you have a family that's living hand to mouth, you know, like paycheck to paycheck, or maybe they, they have like a farm and their children sell goods and mm -hmm. stuff, another child is another one that can go out and sell. And what you often find in these family structures is that they put all of their hope in the last one. So you'll have five and four of them will work the land and sell. And the last one is the one who they may have scraped together enough money to send that one to school and to college. And they put all of their hopes in that one, mm -hmm. pulling the family out of their economic situation mm -hmm. because it's not possible for them to send everybody to school. Mm -hmm. Whereas when people earn money, they have money, they have a stable income, they don't have to have these kinds of jobs, mm -hmm. they see children as something that's going to take away from the money that they have. Yeah. So they're more careful about having as many. But that's no, how they see it. That's, that's what he true. said. That's no, but I also see it's so unfair to see so many women that, you know, or couples, women or men, whatever, they have made a life to themselves. You know, like you graduate, you mm -hmm. do your thing or whatever. You, you're stable, fi financial stable. And then when you go ahead, okay, I'm ready to have a kid. You can't. 7,000 problems. 7,000. Yeah, the yeah. lady that did the makeup for my wedding, mm -hmm. 15 years she's been trying to have a kid. Rounds of IVF. Oh, gosh. And 15 years later, she got pregnant. I'm just saying, yeah. this is a woman that has two jobs. Mm -hmm. Husband has two jobs. Mm -hmm. They, like, you know, looking all over the place, making the money. She's made a name to herself. You know, like, and then you get these guys, five kids. You're less than 25 and you already has, five you children. already have five children. Well, I did learn another term very recently and it's called a pregnancy prison. And a pregnancy prison is where men keep women pregnant to stop them from being able to move on that too and so maybe she found herself in one of those pregnancy prisons yeah. there's been talk about how women should sign a what they call it a prenatal agreement you know how you have prenuptial mm -hmm, agreement mm -hmm. but instead of it being for money it's about how you expect the care of your child to be broken down and I think a lot of people are finding that to be really abrasive like oh shouldn't you all be in love and work it out but when the real chores get on the table like who's waking up at one in the morning to feed the baby who's gonna give up their job to stay with the baby mm -hmm. are you all gonna put together the money to send that child to daycare those the, big decisions the, you find people fall out over but them. i find we got off topic but the point is that she may have found herself in a pregnancy prison well not only she was in five kids the man was a heavy drinker and of course abused her physically she had in total 11 kids the 12 kid she named her mariah alvarez her 12th baby was born in september 2004 on february 17 2007 paramedics were called to melissa's house because two-year-old mariah 
was unresponsive and not breathing. Mariah's injuries. When the paramedics come, her body was found with signs of abuse, mm -hmm. covered in bruises, explained as in various stages of healing. So she had bruises from before, mm -hmm. as well as fresh bruises. Yes. Okay. Her arm has been broken several weeks earlier, and she had a bite mark on her back. Patches of hair have been pulled out. Mariah was pronounced dead. They claimed she died from a blunt force trauma to the head. When she's taken to the hospital, mom comes with her and the doctors start asking her, she said, I found her non-responsive. Start asking what, like, what was she doing? What did she fall? Am I not? And she, mom remember, Lisa remembers that she has fallen from the stairs two mm -hmm. days prior to. I couldn't find if she was taken to the ER when after she fell. she fell down. Okay. Injuries could happen. You know, kids be jumping. Uh, one of those. Mm -hmm. uh, I cannot be like, wow, how dare she? The doctors on the ER says that her bruises could have been caused by her falling and blood coagulation disorder. Mm -hmm. So she could have had a blood clotting disorder? Yes. Okay, so she was it confirmed she had one of those? No. They're, okay. they're just... That's Coming up with ideas. Yes. Okay. Yes. So she could say, have had bruising on her body because she had blood a blood clotting disorder, or it could have been from when tumbled. she fell. Yeah. They said the fracture arms are not uncommon in toddlers, right? Really? Yes. How do you just fracture your arm? They're just jumping around. Mariah autopsy showed a head injury, bruising kidneys, lungs, and a spinal cord. That is also consistent with the fall life. Here's the thing. All the paramedic doctors in the ER, as much as they want to make the claim of the bruising and why not being consistent with the fall, they're also injuries consistent with child abuse. We have been talking about how police does the interrogation. They make it seem as a matter of fact, which I hate and still legal for them to be like, you know, we have you. You've heard of good cup, bad cup. You know, mm -hmm. they'll send in one who's like, hey, you want something to drink? You hungry? You want to learn? They'll get them whatever they want to eat. McDonald's, a cigarette. They'll mm -hmm. get them whatever to make them comfortable because some police style think when the person feels like they can trust you, they're going to let their guard down and tell you more. And then on the other hand, you have the ones who feel like, okay, they bring in bad cup when they feel like they're just not making any progress. Mm -hmm. And then that one, the whole thing is scare tactics. Now, this woman gets two police bad cups. Two bad cups, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's questioned for six hours straight. No water was given to her. No food was given to her. And among the things that these policemen are telling her, they said, right now it looks like you're a cold-blooded killer. Now, are you a cold-blooded killer? Or were you a frustrated mother who just took it out on her? There is no mother is not frustrated with their kids. So if you're going to prosecute this woman because she's a frustrated mother, take me. What he's doing is he's giving her her a story so like in this technique they're feeding you a possible story like oh yeah you were you were mad at her right because mm -hmm. she did this did she wet the bed and you were mad at her like that's what they do so like they come up with theories mm -hmm. and they kind of put their own words into your mouth mm -hmm. so then you're saying yes i was frustrated with her and that's, that's exactly true. what melissa said mm -hmm. of course after hours melissa said i guess i did it mm. i am responsible she was taken into custody and a further investigation was done. Now, during her investigation, then this is what's going to trip you. Melissa had already claims on child 
Protective Services for who reported her? Allegation of child neglect. Who reported her? Teachers? I don't know. You see, child neglect is a type of abuse, but it's not physical abuse. You understand what I mean? Like child neglect is you're not bathing, you know, you're not feeding, you're not you're not doing those things. But still, still abuse. a form of yeah. yeah. I didn't. I said it was a type of abuse, but it's not physical abuse. You understand? Yeah. It's not beating, punching, hitting, breaking bones, bruising kidneys and yeah. spinal cords. Yeah. These are different. And I'm not saying that you can't graduate from neglect to physical abuse. Yeah. I'm just saying that's a different claim. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So Melissa was investigated by Child Protective Services on child neglect. And on the notes, they said that the oldest children were often left to take care of the youngest one. That happens in these families with lots of children. So much. Especially the Hispanic families. I don't know. I can't speak on the Hispanics, but it just happens a lot. Mm-hmm. It's in general, I find like when, when people have children... They tend to rely on the older ones and then they say things like, oh, you know, to teach them responsibility. They're not responsible for their little brothers and little sisters. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there is definitely a line like you chose to have all them kids like this 12 year old, 13 year old did not ask to be a mm-hmm. parent at 12, 13. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between, hey, can you help little Mickey wash, wash. up, wash their hands while I while I do the, the dinner versus. Yeah. You need to get him ready for school, do his homework, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. There is a huge line between the two, I feel. Mm-hmm. Drives me bananas, as Karen would say. Yeah. Bananas. Bananas. Melissa was addicted to cooking. She tested positive shortly after Mariah was born because of her claims on child protective services. In her drug addiction, her kids were put to foster care. But in late 2006, she has gained custody of some of her kids. Okay. The three older ones decided to move with their father. When she had had the five children, she had had the five children for her boyfriend. And then another seven. Oh, for a different dad. Mm. Oh, okay. So there are two dads in this picture. Okay, I didn't understand that. Of course, after all the investigation, in 2008, Melissa was found guilty of capital murder and sentenced to death. At the time of the sentence is when Melissa finds out that she was pregnant with two kids. Oh, shit. So while she's going through all these things, she was pregnant with two kids. Oh, wow. I start reading this and all I can hear in my head is Gabriel Fernandez. Hmm. Gabriel Fernandez. Yes, it does have very Gabriel, Gabriel vibes. Fernandez. In 2011, Melissa appealed and mm-hmm. it was denied. Uh, the lawyers are trying to make a claim to get her off of that row. During those claims, they're using that the district attorney that was in place when she got convicted he is now in prison as well for withholding evidence no for bribery scheme related to offering favorite prosecutorial decisions and when she was convicted he was a da he was a da and Mm -hmm. he was going for re-elections So they make it seem like he's going after the person so so that they're making it seem Mm -hmm. yes I mean, they have a good leg to stand on. Mm -hmm. They do. If he is accused of prosecutorial misconduct, which Mm -hmm. I believe is a term, if he really fucked it up like that, 
that means all of his cases need to be looked Perfect. at. Yeah. Because who knows what he did for it to go in his favor. Yeah, I had I have no detail, but he was sentenced to 13 years in federal prison. Now, they call another pathologist. So this pathologist says that the first pathologist on the first sentence and mm-hmm. whatnot back in 2008 might have jumped into conclusion. And he says that injuries are consistent with the fall. In January 2022, officials signed an execution warrant for Melissa. Mm-hmm. And she's scheduled for execution in April 27, 2022. That's in two days. Two days from now. Lawyers keep on arguing and trying to get her off of death row. And of course, Kim Kardashian is now get her off of death row and why not? This she's wrongly prosecuted. Now, another argument the lawyers have is that because Melissa has been a victim of abuse from a very young age, when put into the situation of the interrogation, she was prone to say yes to whatever they were saying, to agree or whatever the police was saying because okay. she has been abused and that she doesn't know how to you know fight back because she has those abuse trauma and just today april 25th 2022 two days before her execution day texas court criminal appeals granted a stay of execution oh they did mm-hmm. oh okay she she's gets not to- innocent they've delayed her and she's and, uh-huh. and they're given a time to go to the courts and appeal. Yeah. Yeah. And she's gonna go back to trial to mm-hmm. review the new evidence. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. That's a good update to have. So when I posted about it on our stories i didn't have a full view of the because tra- everything the tra- it is free her she's on yeah. death row yes and but i not? still i still agree with giving her a stay of execution like do i do i know if she's guilty or not i would have to watch the trial hear all of the evidence and see in light of the fact that that da was a dirty da at the time it is very possible that a pathologist faked results it's very possible this is what pisses me off no fucking body's talking about the kids nobody there are 13 other kids yeah but they're if they're 13 that, other kids how old are they how's the how old is the oldest one is he know. old enough for them to ask him questions or her questions yeah but it must be because you know like the oldest one was born in 2000 and well, Mariah was born in 2004. And yeah. before that, she has 11 more. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, if if the older children were to come in and testify that, yes, she used to beat Mariah, that, yes, she used to beat them, that there is a history of physical abuse so, there. But did she get help? Did she get... She has an addiction problem. Did she get taken to a place where she can get clean? Do you know what I mean? I understand. There is more to be done. And nobody's fucking talking about child protection services. Did, you, did they follow up? That's all I can think of. You remember how many agents were involved in the Gabriel Fernandez case? And then they went to trial. Yeah, there were a yeah. bunch of them. Yeah. So I do agree with this death sentence of a person that does this damage to these kids. I'm not saying Melissa did it. I am not saying. But I do agree with the death sentence if if the person is found guilty. Nobody nobody is saying that Melissa is a good mother. Like in all of this, I am not even saying that she's a good mother. What I am saying though is that even if she is a bad mother and even if they should have taken her children away and even if she was accused of neglect as a point I made earlier, which is that neglect and physical abuse Mm -hmm. are not necessarily, they don't necessarily go hand in hand. They usually do, but they don't always have to. 
You don't have any evidence to support that she did this. Unless you have somebody who's going to come forward and say, I witnessed her beating her yeah. or whatnot, right? We're just thinking about it in terms of just like the legalese. Yeah. Then you've got this crooked DA who is involved in the mix. They had to give her a stay of execution. They have to. Because they don't know what's real and what's not real. Now, if in the end, they get all of the evidence and the jury decides she did it. Or the circumstantial evidence is enough for them to feel like she did it. I have to ask myself, why Mariah? She's 14 children. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. If none of the other um, 14, the other 13 children well, granted, do not the other say, two have, have not lived with her because yes, she's yes, been they in haven't jail. lived with her, but let's uh, the other 11, right? The other 11. If none of the other 11 claim that she was abusive to them, I have to ask, like, why? Yeah. What a horrible case, Susanna. I'm actually glad you talked about the interrogation situation, interrogation techniques, because that kind of comes into play with my case. Oh my. And we're going we're gonna to segue into that, because it's getting late, and I have to go to work tomorrow, and you don't, bitch. <laughs> so, on December 25th, which is Christmas Day, mm-hmm. 2006, Ryan Walla, oh. who I believe at the time was 18 or 19, did not show up for Christmas dinner. This was not like him. And immediately worried his parents because Ryan and his girlfriend, Heather, made plans to come over. Concerned, his father called the police and requested a welfare check to be done on Ryan. Because the police, he's like, listen, he was supposed to come and he didn't come here. Mm-hmm. Go and check. Make sure everything is okay. To their credit, I find police do welfare checks. Like, they don't fuss about doing the welfare checks. Okay. You know? I feel like it's when you're like, oh, this person's missing. They're like, nah, they're not missing. You know, I'm confused about that. Still. Maybe the paperwork is different. Because you have to physically <laughs> go and check Maybe on them get, and make sure they, everything's they, okay. They get to get out of the office. No, no, but with, the, with the missing person, you have to go search for them. What I'm saying is maybe the paperwork is different. That, like, they have, like, 15 forms to fill if the person is missing, but they have five if they have to go do a welfare check. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's not going to win me any police fans. But um, police the police did go. And the police complied and set out to ensure that Ryan might have just missed it because maybe he was a man, he party a little mm-hmm. too hard, mm-hmm. or maybe they made other plans and forget they were supposed to go by their parents. I think that seems odd, but you know, it's possible, it's possible. Upon arrival at his apartment, the Phoenix police stumbled upon a scene that they did not expect. Ryan was definitely alive. In case you're wondering if he was dead. Oh, I was going to (laughs) say. He's alive. But he was in the apartment with his very deceased girlfriend, Heather Kwan. So from the looks of things, Heather had been shot in the head. And nothing could be done to save her life. But Ryan was sporting a black eye, which was swollen shut. Given the extreme disparities in their physical state, because, I mean, one dead and one was beaten up, the police pack up Ryan into the back of a squad car. And whisk him away to be interrogated. Mm-hmm. I mean, because at this point, they're probably thinking, she fought for her life. She got a good few knocks in. Mm-hmm. He killed her. During his interrogation, Ryan was acting very aloof. Like, he couldn't be bothered. He couldn't be bothered with the fact that his girlfriend was dead. Couldn't be bothered with the fact that he was being interrogated for murder. Mm-hmm. Hours were spent going in circles with Ryan, repeatedly asking if he could go home and go to bed. And the interrogating officers watching from the camera, you know, outside of the room. And Ryan would put his head on the table, put his hands on his head, put his feet up. Unbothered. (laughs) Who is so unbothered at the police? Like, first and foremost, I'm sorry to your policemen. I just feel that every time I see a policeman, there's two seconds from... 
cut the pants coming off. <laughs> all policemen are not strippers, Susanna. <laughs> but I'll be like, oh my god, I gotta get shown. And certainly, I don't want all policemen to be strippers because not all of them are created equal. Okay, some of them are very hot, some of them are not very hot. But still, in France, we saw the hottest police. So yeah. Anissa and I were thinking of ways to get arrested. So. He was put his head on the table, put in his feet up. During questioning, he didn't give the police a straight answer about where he was, like his whereabouts, mm-hmm. what happened. He wouldn't answer any questions straight. He was just kind of like all over the place. The tough cop routine, we just talked about mm-hmm. this, good cop, bad cop. There was a tough cop routine in place. And it obviously was not working on Ryan because they were pressing him and pressing him hard. Like, we know what you did to Heather. Mm-hmm. Why did you do this to Heather? You know, that kind of shit. What did you feel when you shot her? And he appeared to the police as someone who may have been on drugs or maybe he had mentally detached from his crime. Mm. The police needed a motive and they didn't have one. According to the parents, they were coming over for Christmas dinner Mm -hmm. and by all accounts, they seemed like a happy-ass couple. Ryan seemed calm when they arrived at the house and almost seemed to dismiss the presence of Heather Body even being in the room. He was just a cold killer who didn't care. So six hours would pass before the interview took a turn. He's in the interview room six hours. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed that six hours. Some articles say eight. So he was complaining of his head hurt and the, and the interrogating officer was just like, this guy, this kid not making any sense. He killed this big, this girl. He, he not answering our questions. He don't seem like he care nothing. So the interrogating officer started to take stock of Ryan and his injuries. And he asked him to scoot forward. Getting a closer look at his swollen, shut eye and a closer look at his injuries, the officer noticed something that they all missed. A small entry hole in Ryan's face. Articles indicate that Ryan told the interrogating officers that he had been shot in the eye. But the officer scoffed. She was like, no, no way you got shot in your eye. And told him that it wasn't true because if he had been shot in the eye, he would have been dead. Instead of taking his claims seriously, the police allowed crucial time to pass instead of getting Ryan medical help. So he sat there for six hours and he had been shot in the face. This gives me very much, you remember that case I did where the guy walked around and went about his whole day? Remember? And he had been hacked with an axe. Mm-hmm. And he walked around, he prepared breakfast, and he did that, and he did that. It very much gives me that kind of vibe. Turns out Ryan had been telling the truth throughout his interrogation, and that he at one point told the police that his roommate, Richie Carver, well, his old roommate, mm-hmm. was the one who shot him. But they dismissed it because none of his statements were making sense. You remember when they got him in the room, he tried telling them, he tried talking to them. I don't know where he tried talking to them. If it was when they were arresting him, when they came into the apartment. what? But what they're seeing when they come in is a guy with a busted eye and a and dead, a dead girl. woman. Yeah. And in their, their limited vision, they're just like, he must have done this shit. And so he's telling them, but nobody's listening to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because his sentences aren't making sense. But he has a... They don't know oh that. Oh my goodness. Because no, his sentences are not making sense. They are not taking him seriously mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he's all over the place and in between just saying, could I just go home and lie down? Because oh he just God. has a headache. You know, to him, he has a headache. I should know. I know. So he told them that Richie Carver was the one, but they dismissed it because mm-hmm. he wasn't making any sense. And of course, they were sure they had the real killer straight mm-hmm. in front of them, right? Yeah. 
At the hospital, it was revealed that Ryan had in fact been shot twice in the head. Not sure where the other entry wound was because the first time I heard this story, it was only one gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the interrogation tape. I always big up this guy on our podcast. There's this guy named Mr. Ballin. So mm-hmm. you've got, you've got They Will Kill You and Mr. Ballin. I'm always watching them on mm-hmm. YouTube. And Mr. Ballin did the whole story and he... He also had little clips of the interrogation tape. And you can find the interrogation tape on YouTube. We will be putting it as a link. You can watch the whole thing. It is so upsetting to watch because you watch him like he have his feet up. The police are like, take your feet off my table. They're treating him like a full-on criminal. And there he is, a victim with a gunshot Mm -hmm. wound in his head. Mm -hmm. And they're not helping him. Anyway, like I said, he was shot twice in his head, according to this article. And he had to have surgery to remove part of his brain. Of course. And some reports said... He lost his left eye, but other reports said he lost both eyes. Phoenix police finally took to finding the real perpetrator, which was Richie Carver. And they took him into custody not so long after they finally figured out what the fuck was going on with Mm -hmm. Ryan. When they hauled him in to custody, they found out from his mother, Richie's mother, that Richie's father, Larry Carver, was also guilty of the attack and murder. So motive-wise, there were various stories circulating on the internet, Mm -hmm. but it's believed one of two things happened. It's either that Ryan and Richie got into an altercation, and we're not sure over what, but the both of them ended up pointing guns or drawing guns on each other, and that Richie left only to return to get back at Ryan. And then in another version of the story, they believe that Richie hit Heather, and Ryan, in defense of Heather, got into it with Richie. Mm. Irregardless, poor Ryan's ordeal actually started two days before the police even got there. So it was revealed that on December 23rd, 2006, there was a knock on the door and Ryan opened it and Richie stuck his hand through and shot Ryan. For like I said, either because they had this altercation before Mm -hmm. or because of the situation with Heather, Richie came back to right his wrong shot Ryan. After making entry to the home, Richie shot Heather too Mm -hmm. because she was a witness. Mm -hmm. And they took a computer and other items just to make it look like a robbery. Yeah, I think some of the items they took were also guns because like I said, there's a theory that they pulled guns on each other. I Mm -hmm. don't know. What they didn't know was that Ryan survived because nobody survives getting shot in the head, right? Mm -hmm. But Ryan did. Ryan did survive. In June 2008, Richie Carver was tried for murder and found guilty of felony murder, burglary, aggravated assault, and misconduct involving weapons, and he was sentenced to a natural life term in prison. Mm-hmm. His father's case wasn't so straightforward, so this is what happened with Larry. The case against Larry was like it weighed heavily on the confession of the wife. Because the wife say Larry confessed to her that he went with Richie to bust into this place. It weighed heavily on the wife who talked about the confession that Larry gave her. And after some time, I guess she must have had a change of heart or it's possible after some pressure from Larry and his legal team, the wife refused to testify against him in court. And under that law that invokes marital Mm -hmm. privilege, allowing one spouse to refuse testifying against another spouse. Heather's family wasn't taking that line down. So they decided they're taking that case all the way to the top and they got them to pass a law called Heather's Law. Mm -hmm. And this law in Arizona revokes the marital privilege, Mm -hmm. thereby compelling the defendant's spouse to testify. I'm not sure if this happens across all the states or just in this state. Mm -hmm. I imagine that if his wife went up there 
and she decided to spin a whole new story, she would have gotten in trouble for lying. Mm-hmm. Because remember, she told the police, hey, Larry, tell me he was there and he did that. Mm-hmm. So she would have gotten in trouble, I'm assuming. There was a legal battle in which Larry's legal team tried to fight against the law being applied retroactively. Because remember, he got off. Mm-hmm. So Larry got off because the wife wouldn't testify. The son went to jail and Larry think it's all done. And then, then Heather's law passes. Back. And his lawyers were like, nah, you can't come with Heather Law after the fact. Mm-hmm. But literally, Larry is the one who killed Heather. So if you're going to apply to anybody, it might as well be fucking him. The court ruled in the favor of the state. And Larry was re-indicted on charges of first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, burglary, and aggravated yes. assault yes. in November 2011. They had a 10-day trial, and it took two and a half days for the jury to find him guilty on all counts Mm -hmm. and he will spend the rest of his life behind bars according to one article i read poor ryan didn't fare well after his ordeal obviously Mm -hmm. he's lost part of his brain he's either completely blind or blind in one eye Mm -hmm. and despite surviving the initial shooting his life was forever changed and he struggled with seizures as a result of his traumatic brain injury. And he died as a result of a seizure 10 years after the shooting mm-hmm. at the age of 28. Jesus which is why Christ. I said he must have been 18 or 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. There is no news of whether or not any charges would be laid against the interrogating officers or the arresting officers involved in Ryan's case. What do you think? I don't know what justice would look like here, but I think we could all agree that justice is needed. Because, I mean, you pointed it out in your case, which is that the police have a way of putting words in your mouth, and that's their whole technique. And, I mean... There's not only a way, that they're legally... Yes. They're they're allowed to do it. But what I'm saying is, is that I feel like there are definitely cases where you find people with the smoking gun. Mm -hmm. Like you find them, you have prints, they have gun residue on their hand, they have blood on their body, they have all of the things, you know that they're guilty, they have all of this shit. Mm -hmm. It warrants you coming in there, guns blazing with this technique, like you fucking did it. Mm -hmm. I agree that it don't look good for Ryan that they came in. And he's there with justice, busted eye, mm-hmm. and Heather is dead. And he's up and about and confused. Instead of getting medical help for his injury, because he had a severely swollen eye. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, just like you hit somebody and their, their eye is purple. Mm-hmm. Like when you see the pictures and you watch it. Like at least a fracture. Yes, completely. Like he at least had an orbital fracture. At Jeez. least, right? So the question is, why did they think it was okay to question him for six hours mm-hmm. instead of getting him seen first? before they started this lengthy interrogation you know and these are the questions that are on the table like he told you he got shot in his eye Mm. but you didn't want to believe him because he was all over the place but in a moment of maybe you like you have to wonder being trapped in your brain like that wanting words to come out Mm -hmm. but because you've been traumatized the words that you want to say are not Not only that like not only trauma because it traumatized physically and mentally I, and I'm putting myself in Ryan's situation obviously I don't know he's gone now but like imagine you're there this has happened to you you want to say the words help me I have been shot in my eye and maybe you've said a bunch of other wrong mm-hmm. things like you said go take the banana outside or you say a bunch of things that don't yeah. make any sense yeah. but you're finally able to say somebody shot me in my eye and they're like you're right you know 
That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There's this girl I follow on YouTube. Um, her name is Chelsea, I believe. And she found out she had a brain tumor because she was a teacher. I think she taught kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And one day she was teaching. And what she wanted to say up here wasn't what was coming out of her mouth. Maybe and I have a brain injury. No. And what she, I want to say doesn't come out. Like no, do but you know then, how fancy I sound on my in my brain. This is not about you. Oh. Listen, so she tells you never know. She, Shana, what if I'm here? You don't have with no a, fucking brain injury. Oh no, look, I'm doing to you what they did to Ryan. Go get yeah. it checked. <laughs> <laughs> Go get it, but, uh, I'm so smart in my brain. <laughs> what I'm saying, go get it, Jack. Let me not, let me do, let me not do with the Phoenix police thing. But yeah, this girl, she messaged her mom, and if I'm not mistaken, when she messaged the mother, the mother, the sentence didn't make sense. Like she's trying to message the mom and say this happened. I don't know what's going on, and instead she's saying things like carburetor, you know, supplies, oh home, God. Home Depot. Like not saying what she wants to say. Yeah. And I thought about that when she told this story and she had to have brain surgery and relearn how to talk. I'm so happy for you. She went and got married. She met this nice man. She got married. She yeah. survived. She's now in remission. Good for you, bitch. When I heard her say this, I just remember thinking mm-hmm. to myself, how terrifying mm-hmm. that would be to know you're trapped. Mm-hmm. Because she's no, she knows something is wrong. She's trying to say... But your body's say, not letting you. But your body's not mm-hmm. letting you. And that's what I thought about when I thought about Ryan. I was like, fuck. He probably went through a ton of fucking sentences mm-hmm. to be able to say... So now for 48 somebody hours. Plus the six. Plus the six. Yes. Four so so he, he probably went through so many things just to be able to say... Richie Carver, because you had to get specific, shot me. I got shot in my eye. And these fuckers didn't believe them. If I was the police here, I would have feel so fucking guilty. I'm sorry. I don't know if you, if you listen to our podcast, whatever. I would have feel so fucking guilty. Spoiler for anybody who didn't watch Ambulance, the movie yet. But there's a scene at the end. They had killed a bunch of police at this point. And they take the guy into custody. And they were basically kind of like walking over him. They arrested him. He had been shot in his shoulder. And he was the good guy of the bad guys. He was the good guy. Like, mm-hmm. he really didn't want to be there. And they were, like, walking over him. His wife was there screaming for him. His wife and baby were there screaming for him. And what? And they're in front of a hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which character it was who was, like, take him and let him get help. Mm-hmm. But the wife was, like, screaming, they're going to let him die. Gonna let him. Because he did. He got shot, you know? Yeah. I think it was the girl who he saved who was like, he saved me. And that's why they turned around and hoisted him up. He's been handcuffed. Mind you, he's been shot. But he's been handcuffed behind his back. And then they take him into the hospital. They didn't put him on a stretcher, nothing. They hauled him into the hospital. What was implied in that scene is that they would have let him, whatever fucking happened to you, rot, you you bleed out, whatever happened to you, happened Mm -hmm. to you, because you did this thing. Mm-hmm. The reality of the situation is, even if you are mad because somebody did something, even if that person is guilty, even if they commit this crime, even if they did these things, legally they are entitled to medical care. But where I was going with my statement is that, like, I don't know if there is a report out there, but I can't imagine his parents if there was a report like if he had gotten help within the first hour there, of, of the police coming. Of course, there must be somebody that says they have. That's a what I think. Here. That's what I think. So, I mean, I feel really sad for his family, of course, and of course for Heather's family, but the two people who did it, they're now in jail. 
Larry and Richie, Larry and Richie Carver, you're in jail like you deserve to be. But I just thought that was interesting. This, this has been on my list for a while. Yeah? Yeah, it's been on my list for a while, and I was thinking about which case to do with you. I had a kind of heavy one. I was like, although this is heavy, it's also incredibly interesting. That other <laughs> one was just like blood, death, 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 death. You know? And I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> no, not today, not today. No, thank you. No, thank you. We, we have to wrap up because I gave Susanna a limit, and we've been recording these very late at night. And then I go to work like a zombie the next day. And Susanna is off for the week, and I'm very jealous of her. <laughs> I'm very happy for you, but I'm incredibly jealous. I feel like if work is going to be so boring, like how Susanna, I'll just, I'll just say this while she sips water and interrupts. Um, I'll say this: how Susanna and I became friends <laughs> is I thought she was going to be fucking annoying. Yes, yes. Okay, I thought she was going to be fucking. She is, I but am. in a really nice way. So <laughs> when we first start to sit next to each other I am very much I know for people who listen to our podcast you know I'm down here Susanna's up here <laughs> and when she came she's like good mornings with the S and I was like fuck no they put me next to this lunatic <laughs> you're such a hater and I'm like she's oh god and I'm so concerned that they put me next to this high energy <laughs> loon right and then uh, one day she doesn't come to work Like, I was just kind of there happily listening to my music, drowning her out, all of her talking. Anytime she opened her ass, it was Baki Simeto. She talked about home and whatever. I'm telling the truth. And so then I'm there listening to my music, trying to drown out. Like, I don't think we could be friends. And then one day, she didn't come. And Stephen and I, you all heard of Stephen before. Stephen and I were like, fuck, what's going on here? It's horrible (laughs) at work. It's so horrible today. Like, it's real boring. And Jared and Stephen and I were like, oh, Susanna's not here. (laughs) And then we just really started to appreciate, like, your presence at the office. (laughs) Because even if you were a lot... It was better than what we were dealing with, you know? <laughs> and so then Susanna and I started sharing snacks in a drawer. Like we kept one drawer between us that we put all our because snacks in. Because that was in. supposed to be control. <laughs> yes, well, I, trying to be good. I had good control. Like I'm the type Susanna calls me an old lady all the time because Just an old I will lady. I will eat something and then put a clip on it or wrap it up and save it for later. And Susanna will eat the whole thing. Like, this is just our personalities in a nutshell. You gave us both a pack of Oreos. I am guaranteed to have some left. Susanna will have none. And she would have eaten mine too. So we started sharing a snack drawer and that's how we started being friends, you know? So, I mean... we've planting chips. And planting chips. Mm-hmm. And we've changed locations. Our company changed locations. So Susanna and I don't have as much interaction as we did before. I also moved desks. Prior moved to moving, us. they moved us. They did because they didn't. They were a bunch of haters. They didn't yeah. like our relationship. But Susanna <laughs> and I are friends outside of work now, and at work we don't have as much interaction as we used no, to. No, in so, this new building they yeah, separated. Yeah, we're us. very we're far apart. I could see her, like I could see her from my desk, but we <laughs> didn't used to like be right next to each other. So. I anticipate the vibe at work to kind of be the same. But what I will miss is the midday check-ins with these motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm going to miss that. (laughs) Because I would get my little dose of the office tea from Susanna at some point in the day. And then go about my day. I will definitely miss having you at the office. Susanna is somebody I could always depend on to make a bad decision with food. So, like, if I was hungry and I wanted somebody to encourage me to eat shit... Susanna yes. is that one. I'm like, mm. hey, I'm feeling for a burger. Fuck yeah. yes, like a yeah, burger. Yeah, burger. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or I'm feeling for a But we said two seconds ago we we're going to have a diet. There's always Monday. There's always Susanna, Monday. Susanna, excuse me. <laughs> next Monday. Next Monday. <laughs> so 
I'll miss that. I'll miss having that. But I think ultimately it's just the best move for you to get. But you, you help me. I am not allowing myself to like be sad. Yeah, no, no, I'm not sad. No, no, I'm sad. Like I was. Yeah, of course. Why? Like that because I have been working with you longest that I've been working but with anybody. But now we'll have here. even more contact because you're exactly. on the subway. Things will be different because we won't we won't work together, but we'll definitely be keeping up with the podcast 100%. And now it's actually going to be easier because Susanna has no choice but to pass my apartment <laughs> yeah. to go home. Like no choice. Like there's no way around. I'm it. going home. Bitch, you have to Stop pass me. Here. You have to come here. So it will happen. And right now we have to schedule it because she has to come from all the way on the other side. Yeah. Now it's like she It's like right there. Mm-hmm. Just walk with your shit. We record. So it, it will be great. Mm-hmm. All right. Take us away. Take us away. Uh, we know nothing. So please go to the sources linked on our Instagram at Criminally Clueless or on our website at CriminallyClueless.com to get the real tea. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a like or a review so we can dominate those regions. Hey, we might be clueless. But that's